Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. This week in the pod, oh man, do we have a show for you. We take a little look at Entain, a company that's taking over everywhere, it would seem. We also look at in-game betting and why it's so lucrative for you, the player. And of course, we break down all the big player props for the Super Bowl, the Bengals, the Rams. We're going to have it all for you on Guaranteed Money. And welcome to the TDR Guaranteed Money Podcast. I am Ryan Doyle, joined by millennial entrepreneur Anthony Verrill. It is great to have you as always, sir. We have so many things to unpack. But first, and I was going to ask you, should there be an over-under on how fast I can read the legal disclaimer off the top of this show? Yeah, I'd say eight seconds. Oh, no, come on. You, okay, you, that's, I'm going to blow over that every time. I would say 24 seconds, but here we go. It's uh, that long? At home can, it seems a little long, yeah. I think it is a little. All right, long let's go. I'm, I'm going to ti- time it. Time me out here. Okay, here we go. I All views you. on the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests on this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment or gambling advice. The views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational and not investment advice. Boom. Where'd I go? 16 seconds. Okay. Double what you thought, yeah. but not well under where yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to go. Okay. Yeah. Price is right. Rules. I win. I yeah, under. it's very true. You could have bet a buck and you would have been yeah. fine with that, right? Yeah, that's um, how old I am. Price just, is right. Price is right still going. Drew Carey still hosting that show, isn't he? Yeah, but Bob Barker's. Bob Barker's a legend. I used to love staying home sick from school and watching The Price is Right. Wasn't that the best part? So there were two things from me staying yeah. home sick. One, Price is Right at 11 o'clock, CBS. And two, 100%. you know, either... Either going home for lunch or staying home sick and watching the Flintstones. We used to have the Flintstones at yeah. twelve o'clock, and I know that's a cartoon from like the nineteen sixties, but it was on in reruns. Yeah, I had, I had Hercules. I had Disney's Hercules that was on every afternoon at uh, that same time slot. But yeah, Bob Barker, uh, Price is Right, was what does it for me. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Speaking yep. of spayed and neutered, <laughs> I got spayed and neutered in the golf last weekend. Uh, so on this podcast, and it's rare we're going to look back because I, I think for for the most part, Anthony. No gambler wants to look back. No investor wants to look back. You always want to look forward. You always want to look to the next opportunity. But I think a couple of lessons here uh, as we go. Last week on the pod, I called Jordan Spieth at plus 1,700. He was two holes away. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what was it? That eight iron on 17? He said it was like one of the best shots. He said it was the best feeling shot he hit all week. Meanwhile, he completely fucked it up to win the championship. Um, yeah, so he per he loses so, by mean, yeah. loses by two strokes. Uh, so here's a little life lesson. Uh, one, you should always in golf bet the top five. If you don't bet the top five, yeah. the top five, Jordan Spieth was about plus three hundred, so plus three seventy five. You would have got some good money there. Second life lesson here, and I'm sitting in a room with a gentleman uh, who has cursed me in the past. Do you have one of those buddies? Yeah. Oh a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a jinx. Yeah, completely. So he he's saying to me, he's like, oh, well, why don't you hedge? So I looked very quickly at the end game, which is where you can you can bet <laughs> the game live. And I looked at what is it? Yeah. Hoagie. I've never even heard of this fucking guy. Hoagie, who's, yeah, who's yeah. now surging. And I thought, OK, well, maybe I should hedge here. And before I knew it, before I even hit the button, because I hummed and hawed about it, Hoagie was winning this thing. Spieth was out of it. And I looked like a complete jerk. But there's a couple life lessons. Uh, not that I want to ever look back. Yeah. No, I still think it was a good call. I mean, I was impressed by Spieth. 
Um, he just didn't pull it out. But I mean, he looked like he looked damn good all week. He looked in that comeback on on Saturday. I was texting you. We were going back and forth on, on WhatsApp. You oh know, yeah, yeah. Like, he's at, you know he's he's minus seven. He's minus eight. He's he's doing a great job. So let's look forward. Let's and I mean this week there's only really one thing on the mind of gamblers on in, the minds of investors. And that is the fact that the Super Bowl is likely going to be the largest bet on Super Bowl of all time in the United States alone. They are expecting 31 million Americans to bet on the Super Bowl. And we will have our player props a little later in the show. We'll give them to you so you can bet them in advance. If you want to follow us, do it responsibly. We'll give them to you later in the show. But 31 million Americans, when you couple that, Anthony, with the numbers that we've seen over the last month from states like New York and all across the United States, this is going to be massive. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's user adoption. It's a sign of the times. It's a sign of the sector. And I mean, it's going to keep going up. I would love to see what the real number is going to be when you calculate in, let's say, gray market wagering as well. I mean, it's going to be way, way, way bigger than 31 million people betting on the Super Bowl. Now, when you I mean, look it's, at this, it's, I've, it's something everyone just keeps talking about all week. Do you think that this is a, a a symptom of just having access now, meaning you don't have to go to the gray market? Yeah. The regular casual person yeah, yeah. that might never bet on the entire year is finding that they have the opportunity to, so they're going to throw out a couple hundred bucks. Is that where we're at? Or are we talking 31 million hardcore yeah. gamblers that are going to keep going throughout the rest of the year? No, no, no. We're talking about people like micro betting, like putting 25 bucks on player props, putting like hundred, maybe $100 on the money line, I mean, just people that download the app and they're like, oh, I want to get some action. And oh, I want to uh, kind of partake um, and just try this out. I mean, the Super Bowl and March Madness are probably the, the only two that really could get people to come in and, and, and wager for their first time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a sign of the times and it's not just degenerates just flooding because, I mean, most of the guys <laughs> that I know that are like hardcore degenerates that, that, that bet on yeah. everything, they're not on the platforms, um, to be honest. They haven't been swayed to get onto the platforms yet. Kind of like what you see with cannabis in the black market. I mean, guys that are, that are really into it and guys that come have been doing it for a while before it was mainstream. It takes a while for them to gravitate towards the uh, legal channels. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting and we were going to talk about this later, but let's bring it up. Now there was a report out that suggests the majority of people that are doing the gambling that are wagering in markets where there's fierce competition. And we've talked about this. We've talked about some of the bonuses being offered by the likes of DraftKings and FanDuel's and Caesars. It's interesting because not a lot of people are shopping around. The number seems to be very small and that runs counter to what I would have thought. I would have thought that we would have been in a situation where you've got 10 players in the market. You've got nine players in the market. People are going to sign oh, yeah. up for their bonuses every single place. It doesn't seem to be that way. It seems to be if you were with this company at the beginning, your loyalty is parked with that company going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's kind. Of, I that what what brings me right there is is the casino loyalty program. I mean, I know guys that are members of like MGM. I know guys that are members of of Harrah's and go and then the Win, and they stick with those properties. It's like an airline. It's like a casino. I mean, that betting. Uh, that betting medium is I see this being a sticky consumer. Like I don't trade across like E Trade, T D Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. I found my broker with T D and I I'm sticky and I use it. Um and whether or not anybody else wants to try to entice me, I mean, I've kind of got blinders on. I'm used to that user experience. I'm comfortable with the platform. And I mean, I really do think, especially with these gambling apps, because some of them are hard to navigate, once you get your consumer and once you have that repeat behavior, it's gonna be very hard to break it or you need to be insanely compelling. Um, to to take that consumer off 
of the other book and onto your app. Well, that's interesting you say that because I mean, is it? And I find this in my own life because I'm I'm kind of pot committed to one one individual book as it stands right now, and I probably won't change until there is that compelling reason. But is it a, a case of people just not wanting to relearn the technology, not wanting to relearn the interface, yeah. the app? So meaning that that their own brand that they're using currently, they're going to have to fuck up pretty big in in order for me to want to yeah, jump yeah. ship and go somewhere else. Yeah, it's almost like they would have to. I, the only thing that I think would do that is if they had some sort of like really super stringent um, KYC policy that they just dropped on everybody, or they made it harder um, to get your to get your money. Or what is that for those who don't know? But what is that for those who don't what? know a KYC policy? A KYC policy. KYC is know your customer. So I mean, yeah. to, to comply with with American and 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 Canadian anti money laundering laws, um, you have to know who your customer is, especially when you're exchanging. Um, capital. But what I was saying is I don't want to be buzzwordy, but I mean, what I could see shifting a paradigm is let's say Caesar says we're accepting crypto now um, on our app or uh, FanDuel comes out and says, hey, we just put a crypto wallet um, in our app. If that happens, whoever's first to market will probably start to steal uh, market share. Um, but anything short of that, I don't really see people leaving because I mean, what you're comfortable with, what you what you have comfort with, you stay comfortable with. How long do you th- how long do you think until that happens until they have that that crypto a year. crossover? A year. Just a year. I mean, I think it's going to take Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take just some more people getting comfortable, uh, but I mean, you see everything from Venmo to PayPal to 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 Cash App, I mean, they all have crypto wallets that are integrated. Um so I mean, as as if fintech catches up and you can integrate that wallet with the gambling uh tech stack, um, you're, you'll be able to put crypto in those things just as easy as you'll be able to deposit actually easier than you'll be able to deposit fiat. Cause there'll be no lag from a traditional financial institution. All right. We'll get back to the super bowl and all around it in just a few minutes time. We'll also see, although I think you're, you're giving off a pretty big tell right now. I was going to say, we'll see if Anthony, this is me. Uh, we'll see if Anthony's still on the Bengals. You're wearing a, a tiger shirt right now, bro. So I'm going <laughs> to Bengals. I'm just, the Bengals are winning. The Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. I'm not. I'm not okay. coming off it. I'm not wavering. The Bengals. I, I will lick my wounds if they own? get their asses whipped. This is the only one. I was figuring okay. out what the hell to wear on the podcast today, and I was like, "Yeah, but I just will just go with the theme." Um, but yeah, Bengals are winning. Winning it all. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna save my Super Bowl prediction for the game and for the total of it, later in the week because we got another podcast coming out later in the week on Friday. I'll give you my my prediction. We're going to have some great guests on the show on Friday to talk a little bit about what's going on down in Vegas, what kind of action they're seeing. Uh, So we will get back to that, though, when it comes to the player props later in the podcast. But this company, Entame, can we just talk about them for a second? Because they're making some pretty big moves. They're they're buying stuff. They've just created and launched, and we had a, a... a uh, whole article written on it on the Dales Report a couple of weeks ago. They've just launched a global innovation hub. Uh, they've just entertained or just got scooped in uh, sports interaction in Ontario, Canada, uh, which is going to be one of the big players in the game when April 4th comes around, when the big uh, sort of the floodgates open in Ontario in that market. This is a group that owns a portfolio of Coral, Crystal Bet, Ladbrokes, uh, all the big players in the game. They've got a partnership with MGM, who's kind of wooed and looked at the idea of taking them over. No dice on that. DraftKings is taking a look at taking this company over. No dice on that. Uh, this company is, you know, it's got the right to be choosy because I think they're doing everything right. They're ticking a lot of boxes here. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, I think they're definitely ticking a lot of boxes here. But I mean, it's, it, it's, it's the good old strategy of roll up 
roll up a bunch of your uh, a bunch of accretive acquisitions and then bring a tech stack to market that's got a huge user base and then start to execute on that. I mean, if they can do that and prove it um, once Toronto opens, I mean, I think one of those suitors are going to come and pick them up pretty quickly. But it would be a pretty big price tag, would it not? For this type of company with yeah. this many, yeah, this many I mean, in the market as it stands. If if the economics make sense, I mean, there's there, there's nothing that no company is willing to pay um, for for users like I, like we've said, sticky customers. Um, if you can outweigh the, uh, the the cost per user acquired with your LTV, um, there's no reason not to buy them as long as the economics make sense and you can just bolt it on um, to the mothership. One of the things I, you know, I was talking about earlier is Jordan Spieth and the idea of betting in game. I am an in game better. I like it. I like the idea the of, oh, I, yeah. you know, I I agree with you. Isn't it great to just be able best. to sit there? You wait till it, the game starts. It's a real easy way to know. lose money. It's a real easy way to lose money though, because I mean, you can just sit there and and think you're going to hedge. You can think you're going to double down, and then the game goes the complete opposite way. Um, like the only time, one of the only times that I've done it that I was successful was in the the Rams Bucks game. I bet huge on the Bucks in the second half. I was like there is And they no just motored way through that second come. half. They, yeah, I was like there's no way Brady doesn't come out and put up 21. I was like I'm still confident the Rams are going to somehow pull this off, but there is no way this man does not come back. And I bet the second half, then I bet live in the third quarter and just like kept riding it. Um but they, they, it's a slippery slope because I've done that before and lost my ass um on it as well. Well, it seems like the books are losing their ass on this. And I, I like that because this yeah. show's not just about the companies themselves, but, but, you know, you, the player, gaining a little bit of an advantage. The numbers are out. Sportsbook held only a, the sportsbooks have only held a 4% win margin on NFL in play this season. And that's far, yeah, that's faring way worse, faring, faring way worse than they did on traditional bets that they took before the game started. So, you know, I know NFL season is done. I'm going to guess the books are going to try to iron this out and tune this up a little bit. But you've still got an opportunity, I think, even in other sports. I think basketball is a great sport to look at uh, when you look at you know teams having benches come off that aren't as good as the starters. Basketball, um, basketball I'm really interested in because I know a lot of people that are just throwing darts on player props right now and like cleaning up, like building stacks of like th- tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, just betting on three-pointers um, and, yep. uh, and, and like crazy things, just riding players, and they're not losing. Um, I'm really curious to see at what point in time these players either go cold or these books and bets adjust because that the house, like we said, I mean, the house always wins one way or another. I mean, this is a business. These companies need to generate revenue and profit. But I mean, I think these player props in the NBA that they've gamified through these apps now are just a cash cow for the consumer um, as it stands right now. Yeah. And, you know, there are some books that will allow you to in-game the player props. So if you see somebody like Dude, let's say a Steph Curry, my buddy's parlay, my buddy's parlaying them. He's parlaying the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's parlaying like three point bets for like five different guys, and then putting like two hundred bucks to win like five grand. And I mean, he was doing the same thing with interceptions. It was like each quarterback was like uh, half a point or half an interception, and he's just like yeah. stacking them, just hoping that they make that one mistake and just hitting them like crazy. Do you think we see a day, and we might already be getting close to it, where the traditional bets, meaning the ones ahead of the game based on the line that's set by a bookmaker and the, the total that's set by a bookmaker, where that becomes the, the less, you know, the, the, the less big way to, to play these bets, where people are now doing the in-game more than they are the traditional bet up front? Because I could see it, unless, unless the books really do catch up 
and the algorithms really do catch up. Yeah. I could see this being the new normal way more than than trusting the line that some guy set, you know, that's in a back room somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, the the other thing is, is yeah, I agree with you it, it, that that paradigm might shift, but I've seen so many games that I've bet before and then the other team comes out hot and then just falls flat on their face. And then if you bet on that in the first quarter of the game and think that it's going to go the complete opposite direction and it doesn't, then you're toast. Um, I like the static bets um, before the games. I mean, they're based on they're based on favorites. They're based on statistics, and I mean, usually they're somewhat precise. Um, I think that there's much more volatility on the in-game betting um, versus the, uh, the, the 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 pre-game bets. Yeah, but you only need a couple of guys to go cold and and shoot away from the mean in yeah, the first yeah. half of a game, right? Like you need Steph Curry to just be yeah. ice cold in the first half of a game and say, okay, well now it's down to four, three point shots in the second half. I think Steph Curry's a good guy for that. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to do something to load up on this guy. Yeah. I guess the averages are well in your favor then. Yeah. And you're beating a computer after all. I mean, that's, that's really who you're up against because yeah. there's not, right. I've I interviewed the line makers before and they say, you know, this is all basically algorithms and a combination of some guys in the back room, but you're telling me these guys are going to be able to keep up with, all of the players in the NBA on a given night when it comes to every single oh, person yeah, playing in that game. It's, it's completely algorithmic. It's completely algorithmically driven. Um, those in-game bets, I would better no, no guys um, at all. That's just, that's just algos simulating the game, simulating the games, simulating where they're at, and then just spitting out numbers. The, uh, I wanted to bring this up because I know you're down in Miami and I don't know when the day was that highlight left town. But there is a company yeah. that has now announced a new kind of highlight. It's like, a, from what I've heard, it's like tennis on crack. Uh, and it's an inaugural yeah, battle crazy. court seen season. It. Have you seen it being played? Yeah. Yeah, I've what, seen, so tell I've me seen ads it. for it. I mean, it looks ridiculous. I mean, I was never a big fan of highlight. Like, I'm all for nostalgia. But I mean, I went once and I was like, this just doesn't make sense. It's not that exciting. Um, this tennis thing looks like it's going to be like the XFL. It's going to be like a flash in the pan. They're going to have a couple games, and then it just—it's just not sustainable from an interest uh, point of view. But it's—it could be good from a betting point of view if you get on early. I found oh, out yeah. with the XFL that there were a lot of opportunities there. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I was the guy. I was the one customer betting XFL football. Come on, I couldn't have been alone on that. I feel like betting on the XFL is like betting on like preseason women's basketball. Almost. I've ne- I've almost never done that before. <laughs> I know people that have done that, sadly. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so totally guilty. I was the guy yeah. who was doing Russian table tennis during the beginning of the pandemic. And I still, to this day, Anthony, question whether or not there was ever any Russian table tennis being played. Oh, yeah. The, I, I'll, I'll go on record of saying the most degenerate bets you can possibly make <laughs> are when you have an itching to put money on something and there's day baseball and you want to bet on no runs in the first inning. That yep. is the absolute the nerf. worst. The nerf. Bet. Oh, I make them. I make them all the time. I'll be sitting at my desk. I'll see like baseballs on like ESPN. I'll be like, "All right, well, looks good." Clayton Kershaw versus uh, Thor. Um, I'm like, no yeah. runs for sure. And then it's like Jack, f- f- first first player, just walk or uh, straight home run to right field. But those are. The, but when you the win those, they're satisfying, are they not? Oh, they're because then great. you don't have to watch the rest of the they're, game. Oh no, they're the they're, they're the best bet. The problem is, is I've had so many times where it's like bottom of the first, two outs, two men on base, like sack, like a fly ball, and then it's just like an error. 
And then the yeah. second baseman just, just comes in off of a uh, pure luck. And then it's like, all right, you're busted. Um, yeah. yeah and then you can turn it off anyway. Bats. I look forward to, uh, yeah, it's you're over in about 10 minutes. All right. I wanted to spend some ample time towards the end of the, the podcast to talk a little bit about obviously the Super Bowl and prop bets, prop bets. We, you know, we've talked about them throughout the show. So it's a good running theme this afternoon. And, uh, you know, whenever you're watching this, whenever you're, you're taking this in, uh, we'll, t- we'll get to the bowl later on. We'll get to our predictions. Although Anthony is, is super pot heavy and pot committed to Cincinnati, but I might change your mind with one of the props that I've got in front of me. Okay. Just hear me out. The first one I want to start with. Um, if you like the Bengals and you do. Hear me out on this. If the Bengals win the Super Bowl and you are wearing a Tiger shirt so you're a man who thinks that this is, this is already written in stone, is it, does it not make more sense to take Joe Burrow to win the MVP at plus 225 than it does to take yeah. the Bengals to win at plus 160? I was looking at that today and I was thinking, I'm not going to tip my hand as to who I like to win this thing because I'll do that in a couple of days. But you look at Joe Burrow plus 225. If the Bengals win the Super Bowl, there is like almost a 95% chance that Joe Burrow won the, is going to win the MVP unless Joe Mixon goes off for whatever reason. But, I would, you know, okay, fade, me, up, fade me on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, unless Joe Mixon goes for like 200, um, he's, it's, it is a lot. I, would, I actually like that bet. I might, I'm actually going to take that. Right? Okay, so I convinced you. I'm saying like Cincinnati, okay, you get the plus 160 fine, but plus 225, that's juicy, that's tasty, that makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, it makes, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking smart. Um, I actually <laughs> like that angle a lot because I mean, it's like, if this happens, then that is pretty much going to happen unless there's and I just could some, see it. yeah, I could see it. Unless there he is with it's, the chain it's be, and he's got it's the Jamar purple Chase. glasses. Yeah. It's the only thing, the only thing short of that, it's like Jamar Chase goes for like 250 or like Joe Mixon just goes bananas. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it's going to be that high scoring of a game with those defenses involved, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I'm going to take that the odds so for Joe you, Burrow to take, to win the MVP. All right, there you go. See, I sold you on that already. This is going well. Uh, yeah. I also like, because I think he's going to have some trouble throwing the football. He's going to have to do some things that are a little different. I think you're going to see a lot of coverage, uh, you know, when it comes to Jamar Chase, when it comes to T Higgins, I think you're going to see a lot of double coverage. I think you're going to have, you know, probably the Rams best corner out there on chase. I think if you look at Joe Burrow yeah. rushing yards over 12 and a half rushing yards, that seems like it makes a lot of sense to me. I know he's not super great on his feet. He's not Josh Allen, but 12 and a half yards. I would take a little sprinkle on that just for, just for, you know, what's in giggles. Uh, I think he had close to 30 last game. That's right. So the, uh, yeah, I think he had close the to 30. He had two big, he, yeah, he had two big touchdowns or two big first downs. Um, so yeah, I, I, I I like that. Um, I like that. It's funny you mentioned the rushing game because my business partner is super high on Jamar Chase uh, over four and a half yards um, rushing for the game. Interesting, because you See, think, I don't mind that because play. he thinks that that I, I think it's a smart bet. Um, the odds of it happening might be slim because I mean a lot of those sweeps or the tosses. I mean that D line is stout, um, but I mean he's got to rip off one five yard play. Um, and they've got to get creative for to win that bet. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty solid bet. I do like the uh, the Burrow rushing yards. I think he, I think he beats that. All right, you might not like this one. I got a whole bunch of these written out today. So, uh, and I, I've done a lot of deep dive. I've spent nothing but like hours and hours and hours going over what I feel the best props are. I think that when you get two young quarterbacks, and Stafford's a, a little young, uh, older, but 
you know, this is his first Super Bowl. It's Burrow's first Super Bowl. I think what you're going to see in the first quarter of this game is a lot of feeling each other out. I'm going to take the under nine and a half points for the first quarter. I know that sounds kind of razor's edge for, for the Super Bowl, but I don't think it's going to be as an electric. I think the rest of it might start cooking in the second quarter, but the feel out session, you might get a couple of field goals. You might get some three and outs. You might get some changes in possession. So I'm going to go first quarter under nine and a half points. I hate to do this, but I kind of have the complete opposite feeling okay. um, of what you're thinking. I think they both come out just gunslinging and the defenses still need a little time to get settled in. I think it's a pretty high scoring first quarter. Um, I would take the over on that. Okay, fair enough. We just saw there's I mean, one I think disagreement Burrow, there. I think, yeah, I think, I think Burrow's going to come out just firing or at least trying to. Um, I think he's going to try to be going deep to chase. You're going to have Stafford. That's going to be trying to get, trying to get cup moving, and I mean I think both those offenses, both those coaches, just come out just slinging the ball, um, and the defenses need to uh, need to settle in. Um, All right, yeah, here, I think it's here I my, think it's easily a two touchdown quarter. Here are my last two player props. Okay, so we've got an injury to the the tight end for the Bengals, CJ Uzama, who is he it's was huge. He's, Yeah, listen, I would hammer him at plus 300 to grab a touchdown, but because of the injury, I'm going to back off on that, and I'm going to look for another option on the Bengals' offense. He's He's playing? He says he's going to play. So, you know, I think this is one of those props you you look at, and you think to yourself, okay, well, if if the player's confident and the coach is confident and he's going to play, maybe you have a small sprinkle at plus 300. But if he's not playing or if he's not going to be 100%, I'd look at Tyler Boyd sort of the third option in this offense when it comes to wide receivers for the Bengals, plus 200 to catch a touchdown. If you've got coverage that's going on down in the red zone, Boyd might be able to slip in underneath, grab a quick TD at plus 200. I like that number. Uh, And the last one I would say, you know, you look at Kendall Blanton. Uh, I know this is a very popular play, but I do like it. Uh, He had five grabs, 57 yards in the last game. Uh, Higby is nowhere to be seen when it comes to playing for the Rams this weekend. I don't think he's going to make this game. He hasn't practiced yet. Blanton, uh, to have a touchdown in this game, plus 250, that would be my one Rams player prop in all of this. I, I like both of those. Um, I, I, I like both of those completely. Um, I think Boyd definitely gets in the end zone. Um, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to be a problem. And, I mean, if they get the ball, if they run the ball and can open up the fields, uh, Tyler Boyd is going to be running around by himself um, all day pretty much. So, I mean, I would I, I like that, and I like the uh, the Blanton pick as well. Um, Stafford went to him a couple times in the last game. Yeah, I mean, 57 yards, five grabs. That's that's a pretty yeah, yeah. healthy number for a backup in this situation for a guy who's yeah, that's, not your that, main guy. That's probably guy an average game. That's like that's like an average game for Kelsey. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I he's, mean, a, he's that, a standout that, that, superstar. That, that's good usability for a tight end. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, let I, me I ask like you, both of those. Two questions then. Anything else catch your eye when it comes to pl- uh, player props in the Super Bowl? And are you the kind of guy that bets anything when it comes to the Gatorade, the coin toss, the national anthem? I had somebody text me the other day saying, is this going to go over a minute and 36 seconds when it comes to the national anthem? I wrote right back. I'm like, well, the average is a minute 52, so you might be okay. Yeah, I don't bet on, I don't bet on any of those. I don't do the boxes Good. either. I mean, I usually do player props and, and straight bets. I do like that Jamar Chase bet um, that I mentioned. One of the only bets that I've actually hit, pre, it wasn't pregame, but I forget what Super Bowl it was. I think it was 2008 when the Bears uh, were in the Super Bowl. And I'm a big Miami Hurricanes fan. I bet on Devin Hester to run back the opening kickoff. Oh, come on. Against and the he, Colts. And, and he hit it. And he hit it. It was 36 to 1. 
odds. <laughs> Wasn't that all, almost the only scoring that the Bears did in that entire game? Yep. Because yep. true the, story, the guy true, he just goes he just goes straight. Down. I was running around the house that I was at. Just yeah, like, yeah. I was like pumped. Uh, but yeah, for most for the most part, I don't bet on like the the coin flips or the Gatorades or anything. If I was gonna bet, I'd probably just pick like red Gatorade um, or something. Just to it's have never one been in. red apparently. But I heard this morning really? it's never been red. Yeah. What's most popular? Probably weird. yellow. Yellow and orange, I would guess, are the two. Yeah. I can't even believe we're talking it is about weird. Gatorade. That's my favorite Gatorade. True, so. true story though yeah. for that Bears game. So every year I I grab a jersey of the team that I'm cheering for because I'm a Bills fan by nature. But I always grab an obscure jersey of the team that I'm cheering for. I still have a Rex Grossman Chicago Bears jersey that I wear Oof. to this very day. From <laughs> right, who else has you still that? Wear First it? of all, he's from. Yeah, I still wear. It. Yeah, I wear it proudly. Why not? Damn. I've got some really, really cool jerseys from when I was younger, but they don't fit me anymore. I have like yeah. a light blue Ladanian Tomlinson uh, jersey on the Chargers. The powder blue? I've, yeah, the powder blue. I've got a purple uh, purple Ray Lewis on the Ravens. Um, Jason Seahorn on the Giants. The Giants, yeah. And then, yeah, who is it? Um, I don't know why, but I have a... Uh, who the hell was the quarterback for the Raiders? Rich Gannon. I have a Rich Gannon Rich jersey against Tampa. on the... Uh, on the yeah, on the, for the Raiders. Wow, you're gonna have to wear one. Will you peel out a jersey for uh, the next game for the next podcast? I'll, I'll, I'll peel out. My, I've got a signed Saquon jersey. Um, I love it. I will. Uh, I've got it right in my office. Um, it's hanging up. He's gonna it's be. Tra- a he might be right traded now. by the time you put it on. That's the word I, on the street. It wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that the I'm hoping that Saquon somehow finds his way down to Miami. We just got to run run first, coach. Um, we've got no running back. And I would love to see Saquon lined up next to Tua. I know how I mean, trade I know some so of those many cor- trade some fans. of these cornerbacks. I, yeah, I mean trade some I know of these somebody, cornerbacks that we're just sitting on. So many Dolphins fans in my life have just abandoned the team after that coaching hire. They're just like, yeah, sorry, McDaniel? not good enough. Yeah, they're out. They're out on him completely. Uh, I mean, look at what the young guy did in Green Bay. Look at what the young guy's doing in uh, L.A. Look at what the young guy's doing in in San Fran. Um, I mean, the young talent, the young coach that's that's offensive and defensive minded, I think is in. Um, I'll take him as a hire. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd still rather have Flores. Um, I don't think he deserved to get fired whatsoever, but I'm not turning my nose up at McDaniel. San Francisco is a pretty damn good team. And it was a pretty right. damn good offense. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are just sour because of the, you know, the last couple of games and the way that fourth quarter went down against the Rams and they didn't look all that great on offense. They kind of were hitting, you know, on pause. But another story for another yeah. day, a- Anthony, guaranteed money yeah. from TDR. It was great to do another episode with you. I'm looking forward to the next one where we're going to talk all about the Super Bowl, all about the big game. We'll have analysis. We'll see if Anthony changes in the next couple of days out of a, a Bengals t-shirt into a Rams t-shirt. He's going to have the Barkley jersey on. I've, I might even go no. get the Rex Grossman one out of the out of the attic somewhere and throw that on for the next podcast. We got lots lots to come. Yeah, I'm about to order. I'm about to order an authentic Bengals jersey from Fanatics. Um, so fanatics, if you want to sponsor the podcast, go right ahead, but I will be making that purchase now for Thursday. This has been guaranteed money till then. Have a good one. Subscribe to guaranteed money, wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at the Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.